Hey everybody, welcome to episode 106 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy DeResta. Hey, how are you guys? We also have David Pacito. Hey, what's going on? Not much. What's going on with you? What have you been up to? Um, this week's video is going to be what I talked about last week, which is the homemade eyeglasses. So myself and the other channel, How To Make Everything, will be releasing those videos on Thursday. Uh, I got some other things going on. Um, kind of a funny project. I don't know when this video is coming out. Probably two weeks from now. But uh, my cameraman, Eric and I, we went to the antique store a few weeks ago. And we just kind of filmed me walking around. And on my second channel, I, I put out that little vlog of us walking around. And in the video, there's one of those like deli signs with the letters that, that, that pop in. And mm -hmm. I saw it and I was like, oh man, I want this. But it was 80 bucks and it was out of the budget. And so I didn't get it. And one of my Patreon followers was coming up. His channel uh, is called Will Work for Tools. And we actually met him in Chicago a while back, uh, a year ago. Mm. And he was coming up. He was picking up my saw stop sliding crosscut table. I was, I'm giving it to him. And he surprised me on the way. He saw the vlog. He stopped at the antique mall, picked up that sign, and gave it to me as a gift. And I thought, that, yeah, totally amazing, super awesome. So it's going to be hanging up in the shop. And a couple people have said, you should try to make one. I don't see any videos on YouTube. And I did. Ooh. there's a channel that I follow on Facebook that actually did make a video a few weeks ago. But I decided, hey, I'm going to make my own. So I'm going to tell the story of how I got this board and how to make your own. And it's a little felt board with a, that the numbers uh, slip into. It's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, oddly enough, I made one of those about three weeks ago. What? <laughs> did you make a video? I'm not, not, not for a video. A friend of mine, his wife really wanted one for her birthday, I guess. Or maybe it was a Christmas present. I don't remember. But, um... She was really wanting one because they're pretty popular now. Like you can buy these fancy versions of them mm. for a lot of money, even though they're pretty cheap to make. And so he wanted to make her one from scratch. And um, we ended up using the CNC to cut the lines. Mm. So you have all these lines cut, you know, and then he, he got the felt and pushed the felt in and then got the letters and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I helped him with the CNC work to get that done. So I'll be interested to see how yours goes. That's cool. I can't yeah. believe you didn't make a video on it. Well, it was like a last minute, like he called at like 10 o'clock at night and was like, hey, can we use your CNC? Oh. Like, yeah, come over. <laughs> so we did that for a couple hours and then I went to bed. Let me ask you, Dave, I just want to ask you a quick question. Do you have, does a, is there a copy channel of you? Is this you? That's you. Is that you too? That's also me, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Because I was, I was just, I, I haven't subscribed to your second channel yet that I'm aware of, so I'm going to try and do it now. Yeah, there's okay. there's three channels. There's make something. <laughs> okay. There's make something too, and then there's Pachudo. There's no reason to subscribe to Pachudo. Just old videos, banned stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I asked. I said, "Is this a knockoff of you?" Because it didn't have that video that you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but it is you. It's yeah. That's his second channel. Second channel. <laughs> yeah. My second channel has its own channel. <laughs> but uh, I've yeah. been just uh, I've been busy just trying to organize. I, I organizing my shop. I have a. Uh, uh, a young man named Brett has been helping me out for the last month, and he's been great to have around because he's as clean as I am messy. So every time I put something down, he, he picks it up and organizes for me. And he likes doing that. And he's been hanging around the shop, and he's been great. So, Brett, if you're listening, thank you again. And um, this week, he and I started working on a restoration project. Uh, a fan friend, Anthony, was working locally, and they were going to throw away this like 1900s showcase 
into the garbage where he was working at a building nearby in Soho. And he called me and Welder, this is a year ago, and we went over and retrieved it. So I started working on the rest restoration of that this week, and it's really coming out beautifully. I mean, the transformation is incredible. It was literally in pieces. It takes like five or six pieces of big glass, and all the glass was broken, and the frames that hold the glass were all broken. And when we found it, it was rusty, dirty, cracked, broken, and uh, it, was, it was a relatively simple fix. But... We fixed it, and now I'm just waiting on the glass, which I'll pick up tomorrow, and then I'll put it together. And that's going to be a video. So just bringing that back to life was a lot of fun. And uh, worked upstate uh, learning baby steps on the Tormach. Each little project, I try and challenge myself. I always, uh, you know, we've talked about this uh, where I always set goals for myself. So I say by the end of the weekend, I want to at least have this done. And regardless of what it takes for me to get it done, I'm going to try and get that done. And so by setting like little goals for myself uh, on the Tormac, I feel like I'm actually learning something. Instead of just being overwhelmed, I just take little baby steps and say, okay, I'm going to figure out what, what this tool does or what that thing does. And, and, you know, the idea of going from fusion to actually getting a cutting path that actually works, even, you know, as little as it might be, it's, it's just very rewarding. And so I'm slowly building my knowledge with that. I worked on that this week. And uh, that's really it. And, um, you know, I'm actually uh, hard, fast in search of a new place, too. I kind of, I've been given an incentive to move out of New York by my landlord, or at least move out of my New York space. So I'm um, just testing the waters to see. It's not a hard, fast, you have to get out. It's like, hey, if you get out early, we'll give you these rewards. And so I've been searching for a new place upstate for, I'm seeing if I can get a one-year lease outside the city. So that while I build my building, I have a place to work. So that's that's what this week basically entailed. It's kind of like, hey, you have an opportunity of a fork in the road. Which way do you want to go? So I'm trying to take the road less traveled and see where it takes me. Well, for me, I actually got started on the lathe finally, which was nice. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So I've been scared of the lathe for a while. and Well, scared of the one that I had. And so I got this new one. So the Jet, the same one that you have, David. And... Um, I actually had it for a week or so before I even turned it on just cause I had other stuff to do and it was just kind of sitting there. So the other day I, uh, just kind of got started. Just, I didn't really research anything. You know, I looked at, I bought a basic set of tools and so I just took a little hunk of maple and made a tool handle. And so that was the whole, just to do something, you know, like the simplest possible thing I could think of. And it actually turned out really nice. I, I had a, I didn't have any brass, but I had a piece of copper pipe. So I cut a little copper pipe for the ferrule or whatever it's called to go around the top. And um, that ended up looking cooler than I thought it would. And <laughs> nice. so it was nice. And, you know, I just, it's a, I just had a file with no handle. So just drilled a hole and jammed that thing in there and actually used it today on something, which was pretty cool. So it was nice to just have that done. Did you get traditional lathe cutting tools or do you have the, the carbide tipped ones? Um, I do have some traditional ones from before um, that I, and I, this time I still have those and I'm going to use them, but I decided to buy some basic carbide stuff just to have them. So I got like a, a round one as like a, a disc as the cutter. And then I have one that's just a square and then a little detail, just kind of a point. So I just got a basic set of those three to get started. It's basically what I have. I've never tried the traditional tools. Somebody told me a long time ago that the, the carbide tip ones, easier to use, easier to learn, safer. And so hmm. that's just the route that I've gone. 
Nice. They yeah, I was really surprised at how well they cut, and I don't know if that was, you know, to my one other experience to compare it to, which is not much, but. I don't know if that was the tool difference or that was the power of the lathe difference or that was my comfort comfort level. I'm not really sure. But um, it was cool to do it. And as soon as I got done with that, I was like, oh, I understand why everybody tells me that I should start using the lathe. Like, it's fun. I, I get it now. There's also so, that instant satisfaction. You can see your, yeah. your shape being made. It's like watching one of Jimmy's videos in fast motion where the thing is coming to shape, <laughs> but on the lathe in real time. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Jimmy, do you use traditional yeah. lathe tools or do you use the carbide tip tools i have i have everything i have but lately since uh rockley gave me a set of the carbide tips i've been using those a lot and they're really nice they're nice and sharp mm-hmm. yeah so the carbide seems to be the way to go even some fans i've had some conversations with one recently he bought carbide inserts and then made the the handle out of just a piece of steel so he saved himself a little bit of money oh yeah they are expensive mm-hmm. yeah yeah these these three that i got were kind of expensive for the three um but I figured, like, I've heard at least that the carbide stuff lasts a lot longer. So I figured, well, I'll invest the money into, you know, a general set that should last a while and kind of make it worth it. So we'll see. But either way, I like the lathe a lot. Um, and I was really happy to, to get, like, the first thing out. So the video this week will be just making that tool handle. And it's really, like, I'm telling people, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just bringing you along on me, you know, trying this for the first time. So... Hopefully, I won't get those people and be like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing, you know, because that's not the point. Like, I know I'm doing it wrong. I just want to do it. So, uh, <laughs> nice. That'll be fun. We'll see, how, see how it goes. Yeah. Pretty cool. And yeah, and the rest of this week's been kind of crazy for me. Like, uh, we just had, like, my wife took a trip, just kind of a, a getaway by herself with one of her friends. And so she's gone. And I had the kids to myself. And then I'm traveling this week, and there's stuff going on in between that, and it's just it's kind of crazy. So all of my other work is you know kind of pushed in the cracks wherever I can find a place to put it. So yeah. mm-hmm. what are we gonna talk about today? I had an idea. I had an experience this weekend, and I'll explain it. But basically, the concept is when you think you're out of options, there's always at least a couple of more options. And so I, I had an experience, and. So this weekend I was playing on the Tormac and I want to engrave, I have another order of ice picks to make, so I have to engrave my logo on the side of the ice pick. And I use a V-bit. Typically I use like a 45, or rather a 90 degree V-bit to cut the letters. And the letters are only like 0.18 inches high, so they're really small. Just lining up the machine, I never use the Tormac for that, Mm -hmm. so I have to use what's called a hamer. It's like a, a thing that gives you right down to a hundred thousandths of an inch exactly where you are located on the model. And uh, I'm using Fusion, so I basically make a little ice pick in Fusion, put the logo on it, and then I tell Fusion's cam system to cut just the letters with a V-bit. And so I had two V-bits, and neither one of them were working. One was a fixed V-bit, and I just could not get a nice... You guys have ever used a V-bit in the machine? You get like a nice crispy, sharp edge, for instance, on a serif face. And... So I had this other V-bit, which had like an insert thing on it. It was like a carbide insert screwed into the tip, and it's a V-bit. I don't even remember where I got it. And this other V-bit I had, uh, John gave me from from Saunders Machine Works when I was with him last week. And so I was trying that, and it just wasn't giving me a precise cut. It was The letters, even though they're really tiny, were coming out a little fat and, and chubby. And so I kind of I kept changing the depth, and you know, with a V-bit... The slightest, like a hundred thousandths of an inch, will give you a completely different looking letter because the V bit changes, especially when you're you're making letters that are so tiny. 
And so I was playing with the controls while the machine was cutting, and I accidentally stopped the spindle playing with the controls while the machine was cutting. And so the spindle stopped, but the machine kept dragging, and it broke the tip of the bit off. So that was the bit John gave me. And so I had already tried all afternoon to, to get the insert bit to work, and it wasn't working. It just wasn't giving me a perfect cut. And so right there and then after, like, literally probably playing around on the machine for five hours, just going back and forth and just experimenting, trying. I kept cutting into scrap pieces of brass till I got the thing. I went back and I looked at the insert tool that I had. I was like, okay, this, why doesn't this cut? You know, I inspected the tip with a loop. You get these little tiny loops so you could look at the tip of the cutter. And the tip of the cutter was perfectly sharp, but my, my letters were coming out wobbly and fat. And one thing that occurred to me was that the insert wasn't centered. So does that make sense? So the insert is like a piece of metal that points at the ground, but that point was a little off center. And I was like, oh, maybe that's it. So I put the bit into the spindle and I turned the machine really slow and I ran the, the spindle slowly and the piece of wood was wobbling, which gave me an indication that the centered, the bit wasn't centered. And so I loosened up the screw and I moved it literally like indiscernible amount and I tightened it again and it was wobbling less. And I did that like 10 times until I got it to not wobble. Because I was literally trying to find the center within like 200 thousandths of an inch. Like now how can you find this? You know, you just got to keep testing it until you find it. And so I kept loosening and tightening the insert. After a long, boring story... I tried that tip all the way in the beginning of Saturday. It didn't work. Then I tried the good tip until I broke the tip off. And then I said, let me go back. I basically packed everything up and said, I can't do this anymore until I buy new tips. And I said, let me go back and look at that other tip one more time. And so when I went back, that's when I realized the insert, not only was it movable, what I didn't realize is that it was a four-sided tip. So now here I thought I only had two V cutters. I actually had one with four insert tips and one with a broken tip. So... When everything broke and I packed it all up, I said, before I give up, let me go back and see what else I could do with what I have. And that's when I realized I could fix the insert and make it centered. So before that, I didn't have the wherewithal and the mindset to even think that that insert was in the wrong space. Because I said, oh, here's a V-bit. I took it out of the package. It should be fine. But it wasn't. And it wasn't until all up options were depleted that I said, okay, what can I, you know, let me, now it's time to be MacGyver. Let me go back and see what, how can I make this work? And, and that's basically, I figured there was a good lesson there. And the lesson is when you think you have, you're out of options, you might not be out of options. And so I wanted to share that story with you guys to see if you have any other similar stories that maybe you could jog some thoughts. <laughs> I actually have a similar beginning to the story and a different ending um, <laughs> recently. So for my, I, I had this idea, and I, you guys know about this idea, but I haven't told a lot of people, <clears throat> for my 1 million subscriber video. And I had this idea that was going to be really big and funny and fun. And so it got down to where I was within a couple of weeks and needing to make this video. And I said, okay, finally I'm going to just start doing this thing. And it took a lot of planning and preparation, thinking about... I don't want to talk about it because I'm in specifics because I may end up doing it one of these days. <laughs> but basically, there was a lot of planning. Um, but when it came down to making the thing, I hadn't really thought too much about how physically how to make it yet. It was more planning the other stuff. And so it was just like time to do it. So I just started, you know, my general idea. I sat down one day and was like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. So I got a bunch of sheet metal, spent all this time cutting and welding and made this thing that just seemed like it should work. 
and set up the whole mechanism and all this stuff, it totally didn't work. Like, not even close. And so I was like, well, all right, that, that happens, no big deal. Uh, let me get a different, this part, you know, I'll switch this part out for something that'll be more powerful. Did that, spent a couple hundred dollars getting this thing, didn't work. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe the box that I made in the first place was wrong. I did it differently. So got more steel, made another box, didn't work. And then I backed off and I was like, okay, well, I need a different uh, power thing. Went and got something different. Got a fan, added that to it. I, the long and short of it was I made four different boxes, these containers for this thing, two out of steel, two out of aluminum. Um, I tried every configuration, every heat source I could come up with, every fan configuration, everything, and just eventually was, like, defeated. And it was weird because I don't typically, like, give up on things. Usually I'll, you know, I'll continue to, either I'll change the idea to make it possible or I'll continue to beat on it until I can get a, you know, something out of it. And this was one where I just got to the end. I was like, I, there's nothing to do here. <laughs> this idea is dead. And it was so weird because that's just not typically how I do things. Um, and maybe it's one of the, you know, it's kind of the same situation in that at some point I will look at it and go like, oh, there was another option that I didn't see in that moment. You know, maybe I'll come back to it from a different perspective, a different down the road and, see another way to do it, but it was just, it was strange to get to the end of something and just kind of be stuck. Be like, well, oh well. <laughs> a lot of times when you have that, that failure, you, that other option isn't obvious because you're frustrated and you create all these little filters in your mind. And that's when you need to like step back and maybe move on to something else or a lot of times the solution comes to me while I'm while I'm trying to sleep and my mind is racing with ideas and I'm relaxed relaxed and racing mind doesn't sound like it goes together but that's when I'm going to bed is my relaxing time that's when the solution hits me is when I'm actually thinking of something else uh, I was um, I have a festival domino I, I've been wanting to come up with an alternative to using that uh, that I can give people. So when I use it or when I make plans, I could, I could say, you know, if you don't have this tool, try this. I recently saw Tyler G's video on, he made this jig with a drill that um, you, you, you tilt it from side to side. And I thought, hmm, I want to make something, but I think I can make something similar. And so today I was trying to design something that, that hooks up to the drill and it's got it's got the guide and it's got springs so the drill can go in or, and like and then it hit me i'm just driving in my car listening to an audiobook and then the solution hit me where it was i don't need to make a jig that hooks up to the drill or a router i, I uh, tyler's g's video i think had a router my thought was use a drill my solution is to make a jig. It's almost like a pocket hole jig that you hold up to the wood, you drill into it, it has a stop, it has a guide and everything, and then um, and then that creates the bore, and then you can just cut dowels. And so it's almost, there, there are dowel jigs for this, but they're actually, they're a little complicated. And I, I think I come up with a real simple solution. It's a block of wood. It's a piece of plexiglass. It's a line drawn on it. And I'm actually going to test it out later today. And so it's just weird that the, the these solutions just come at you when you're not even hmm. thinking of the problem. Well, I'm hoping that'll happen to mine at some point down the road. <laughs> yeah. When, when your mind is relaxed, what happens is you basically suck <laughs> in all the information. 
your mind, this is how my mind works. You, you collect all the information, all the evidence is there, and then you basically put your subconscious to work on it, and your subconscious is in the background working. So it was funny when I realized I had no more options and I this tip wasn't good and that one was literally broken. Like a little voice inside my head said, go back and look at that other tip again. There's a screw on it. Like that's literally like there was like a, a voice is like an angel on my shoulder that says, it's a picture. It's me. Imagine me with angel wings talking to myself. And I say, don't forget that thing has a screw on it. Maybe that tip wasn't centered. It was just like it just came to me where I didn't see it all day Saturday afternoon when I was trying to get a good cut out of it. And the good the cut would have been perfect if it was an inch, a half inch letter, you know, a half inch wide letter, uh, letter form. But I'm making letter forms literally like, you know, three hundred thousandths of an inch is the width of the of the the upright of the letter. And that's when it makes a huge difference. And that's when every little discrepancy is noticeable when you're really tiny. And so it's just like I said, my mind was sucking in all this information and like processing it subconsciously. And then when I had nothing else, my subconscious mind spoke to me and said, maybe there's another option here. But that's what happens when you, Bob, you're you're forcing yourself, you're forcing all this information into your eye holes and it's going into your brain, it's processing. And then eventually you're going to get that answer. It's going to come one way or another. And if it's not the answer to that problem, it's going to be an answer to a problem that you faced while you were doing it that's going to be a whole different project. And, uh, and that's yeah. to me that's mental exercise and that's what I tell my students is like you really need to exercise you know take something apart and put it back together whatever it is you thought something when you see an object try and imagine how it would work how you would make it work and then when you look inside the housing and you actually see how it works you go oh like that so all those little things start like sticking in the brain and they help you solve other problems that you're unaware of yeah well one of the things that I think is kind of to add on to that um that was really cool about this, what I will call failure, because I ended it without a, any anything, um, was that going into it, I had the idea was to, it was really simple as far as like the way I was thinking about what was involved. I was thinking, do these two steps, make this thing, and then that's it. You know, ob- that'll work, obviously. And so as it started to fail, I started to try to figure out why it was failing, why these different pieces, you know. And... Uh, through figuring out why it was failing, I started to kind of reverse engineer why it works in other cases. And that was really cool because then I start to, I got to go back and look at working cases of this thing and be like, oh, well, they do it this way and they have things in this order and they have, you know, the scale of this to that is actually important, whereas I didn't realize it was important before. And so kind of with what you're saying, I think a lot of that information from trying to figure out why it was broken or why it wasn't working, that stuff is now with me that it wasn't before. And so, yeah, hopefully that stuff will swirl around <laughs> in the future and, and churn out something. But I think if I had, if it had kind of worked in the beginning, I wouldn't have gone down that path to figure out, like, you know, how does the thing I'm basing this off of, how does it actually work? Like, what's the real, what's really happening on the inside? I wouldn't have looked for that. So, But it's weird. I've um, That was one failure. I've had a lot of failure lately, <laughs> and I'm actually probably going to do a video about failure pretty soon, um, because I've just had thing after thing, like nothing major, no, you know, no big problems or anything. But typically, my projects go pretty well, and I kind of roll with the punches. If something goes wrong, I'll modify it or fix it or do it again. Not a big deal. But the last couple of months, it's been uh, things just will break, or I will 
just make a mistake and mix epoxy in the wrong, you know, it's not one to one. It's like one to one and a half. And then I go, oh, wow, that, that was stupid. But now it's ruined. Now I have to start over. You know, I can't really come back from that. And it's just been a lot of those things stacked up lately. And the good thing about that is that I think I'm, I think I'm learning to, to back off a little bit from like gung, not to be gung, not to not be gung ho about things, but I'm, I'm backing off that first step a little bit to be like, have I really thought this through? Is there any other planning I can do? Or, you know, should I just think about this for a couple more minutes before I just jump into something and ruin it or have to start over, you know? So I think I'm trying to find a balance between being creative and spontaneous, but also not like putting myself in a situation for things to go wrong, you know, more often than not. Something uh, that can help you come up with more options is unless you're working on a super secret project like Bob, uh, a lot of us can talk. We There's Twitter and Facebook. And then if you uh, there's these tool companies, they have online chats. You can find other options for you when you when you hit the you hit these walls you know yeah and that's a i admit that that's like one of my things that's a probably not good for me is that like i like to keep things secret i also don't like to research stuff a whole lot i like to if Hmm. i have an idea i'll go instead of going to look and see how other people have done it which would be the smart thing that everybody else in the world would do i'll go oh how would i do it like what's the thing around me that would make this possible and usually that doesn't work out or when i get it done somebody will be like you just did that in the hardest way you could possibly do it. <laughs> There's a much simpler option. Um, are you trying not to be influenced by others? Are you just trying to? Are, are you having fun coming up with the solution? I think it's both. I, I think I I like to not you know look at what other people are doing because I don't want to like accidentally rip it off or I don't want to intentionally rip it off, of course. Um, but I also just like the problem solving. I like to f- to have an end goal and figure out how to get there rather than just research how to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have found the answer to that problem I was having with that insert being off center. Because if I would have went, they probably would have said, oh, your tip is broken or something like that. But for the tip to actually be off center by literally, you know, five, five tenths of a, of a thousandth, which is, you know, five, what, I, don't know, I don't know the math, but really small. And so there I went from having absolutely no cutting heads to having four once I realized the insert on that V-bit is four-sided. So uh, if I would have went and researched it, I would have never realized it right away. It would have taken me a lot longer to come back to that conclusion hmm. that if I, you know, just me playing around at the, at the machine, I came to that discovery. So now I know better. And next time I use an insert tool that is for spinning, that I got to make sure, especially if it's a centered insert tool, that it is actually in fact centered. Like I said, I got it out of the factory straight away out of the machine, put it into the machine and, and it was off-centered. And so I had all these problems, and uh, but now I know. So the next time I go to the to do something like that, these are the type of things I'll check, and you know those little things will live with me forever. And like I said, I don't know if I would have came to that conclusion if I would have went straight mm, to the internet yeah. and started playing around. I would have got distracted and started looking for new spaces to rent or something like that. When you were talking about that, that makes me think of three D printing. Just the process that you just talked about going through about like learning. That's one thing that you little tiny thing. That's really important in the long run that you're going to check for every single time from now on. Um, a lot of people ask about 3D printing, about you know if it's hard or like if this machine makes it easier than that machine. And I've learned a bunch of those little tiny details that in and of themselves don't seem like a big deal. But 
once you start checking for them, you realize like how big of a change they can make. They can make or break a print or how you perceive a printer. Like you can think that a printer doesn't work very well. And the fact of the matter is you didn't clean the bed and you didn't make sure the nozzle was clear and you didn't make sure that the bed was level. And you know, these little tiny things that make it look like the printer's not working correctly. So I don't think that's specific to CNC or 3D printing tools or anything like that. But I think the more complex your tool gets, <laughs> the more of those little things there are to keep track of. I mean, that that even goes down to like bandsaws and stuff. You can't say, you know, it's not the bandsaw's fault that you didn't get rid of the wobble in the blade or that you didn't make sure things were square. You know what I mean? That's not the tool's fault. That's just stuff you have to learn to do. You know, that reminds me of a funny thing with the bandsaw is that um, somebody recently wrote to me and said, I can't get my bandsaw blade is pointing in the wrong direction. Sometimes when they weld the bandsaw blade together, they weld it in the wrong direction. And so the guy thought because he bought it that way that it was right and really? he was wrong and what he didn't know. I'm like, no, no, it comes from the factory oh. sometimes wrong. Once in a long while, especially if you get your own custom blades made. You know, they're very good, but, you know, once out of a couple of thousand blades, they'll weld it in the wrong direction. So when you put it on your saw, the teeth are facing up. I think you got to force bend it, flip it right side out, and then you can get it to work right. <laughs> but the idea is, like, sometimes you think that you're wrong because the tool came right. You know, because the tool, how can the tool be wrong? So that goes back to, you know, what I was talking about, what my my buddy who I emailed about and Bob what you were saying yeah you know, I usually can, say how can I be wrong yeah yeah that's what I'm saying how can the hardware be wrong it's got to be me that's it <laughs> that's what I'm saying the hardware can't be wrong because it's like right here in front of me but. <laughs> I have a project I have a project video coming up in another week or so it's the wedding rings I've talked about this for the last four weeks but it I had to go to my third option the first option was to cut them out of titanium which is a failure uh, turned out to be unsafe. The second option that I tried to do was cut it on the laser cutter. That didn't work because the rings are so thin that the burning would go too deep into the wood. And I was like, hmm, well, mm -hmm. I have to go to option three. So option three was back over to the CNC, but cut them out of, out of wood. They came out great. We have them now. So it was, you know, sometimes the, and they, 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 they look fantastic. It was the third option. I was three months late on them. It is the third year of our, of our marriage. So it's the, uh, we make new rings every year. So it's, this one's all in threes. That's kind of cool. Well, that's interesting though. I mean, you know, you learned several things through that, through those failures and you ended up with rings. So you're good. Cool. You guys got any other thoughts on this stuff? No. Like I said in the beginning, when I was just when I was telling you guys, and I say it because I'm always listening to police stuff, go back and look at the evidence whenever you get stumped. Hmm. Yes. This is going to sound silly. Well, actually, it's kind of part of my uh, kind of part of my recommendation. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. Always have been. Like I read all the stories when I was a kid and. I've always been fascinated with the idea, which I know he's fictional, but with the idea that somebody could perceive that much and like take in the state of thing of everything and then, you know, turn it into an assumption. Um, and you just said, look at the fact or look at the evidence made me think of that. But that's really cool. You know, if you're if you're perceiving what's around you, even at a human normal level, not like a Sherlock Holmes level, um, you know, you're going to you're going to think about it differently later. You're going to have more information when you go to, to make decisions or you know, it's going to feed your creativity. There's just a lot to be said for paying attention to what's going on around you um, and just kind of picking up and absorbing as much as you can all the time. Mm -hmm. but, 
but yeah, I really like Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we want to talk about what we're watching? Sure. I'll go first since I since I said Sherlock. How about that? <laughs> um, what could it be? Sure, yeah, what could it be? Uh, the show Sherlock is is fantastic. Actually, you know, I like I said, I liked all I like all Sherlock Holmes stuff. I like the stories. The movies that came out with Robert Downey Jr. They're very good. They're a lot of fun. The show Elementary on CBS, I think, is a totally different take on it. It's like a modern day in New York City take, but man, it's really good. I really enjoy it. And then the Sherlock one from BBC, uh, they just put out the newest season of that, and there's like three episodes, and they're basically like three movies. They're an hour and a half each, so it's not just like a TV show. They're you know, self-contained, big, long, in-depth stories. And it's crazy. Like, the writers that write that stuff, that think really far down roads and then write back from it, that stuff blows my mind. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go check out Sherlock. So my pick of the week is called Adam Ruins Everything. And Adam and his team, they have the they have media down because they have YouTube channel, they have a podcast, and they have a television show. Uh, their YouTube, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a playlist to to this here in the in the show notes. But basically, and this is this is the the YouTube channel is part of College Humor's channel. So there's a playlist of just Adam ruins everything. Basically, he takes something and ruins it for you. So you, if you think buying an electric car is going to help save the planet, he tells you why buying an electric car actually may hurt the planet more than save the planet uh there's an episode about how diamonds like everybody thinks diamonds is this rare stone it's worth a lot of money there's basically one company that controls all the diamonds that controls the prices and so it's 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 all things like that so the youtube videos are pretty short they're like five to ten minutes long if you like them he has a tv show on uh, I think it's the True Network. Um, I, we don't have cable. I'm not real sure what it's called. But it's called Adam Ruins Everything, and it's a longer form, 30 minutes. And then there's also a podcast that goes like crazy in depth with interviews and where they get their sources from and everything. It's, it's just really good. Nice. Well-produced. Adam's a great host. He's, he's, he's the, the flow of it is, is really good. You, you can tell there's a really good team of writers. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. We I remember we talked about this. Did we talk about it on air or off air? I think did you did you pick him last week or the week before? I think I talked about him maybe last week or the week before, but it wasn't my pick. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's right. I remember hearing about him because I know I've watched them, so I asked. Um, I was just down a YouTube rabbit hole this weekend. I don't know how I found it. I, I sometimes look for interviews for some some of my uh, people that I admire, and I was I was in this like Metallica wormhole looking for interviews for those guys because i just recently heard them on the howard stern show and i ended up finding steve and seagulls I, it sounds like a do you guys ever <laughs> see this band no it's for the, the name steve seagull it's, it's a, amazing it's a bluegrass band that just does heavy metal songs and the the videos are really like simply produced but they're just maybe five or six talented musicians that play bluegrass and I don't think they're American. If anybody knows, let me know. Because it doesn't say a description. And I didn't really find much on the internet about them. Because when they sing, they, they sound like they might have like a, like a Norwegian accent, maybe. But they're great. They sing Iron Maiden and uh, Metallica songs, but all in a bluegrass style. 
So it's great. You have an upright bass, banjo, <laughs> guitar, and a mandolin. And uh, it's great. So check it out. Hmm. Yeah, they're definitely not not from the U.S. Their names are like Rimmel, Poikananen, Puki, Hilton, and Herman. <laughs> yeah, they're somewhere in Europe, probably. Cool. Well, um, I guess before we go, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, especially Make, Build, Modify, and Luis Gonzalez. But everybody over there that supports us, very grateful for that. Um, thank you, thank you. And if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. Guess that's it for this week. Unless you guys got anything else. That's it. That's I always I talk about all the things I love, but today cool. I'm going to talk about one thing I don't love, and that's my internet. So I apologize to both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got through it. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> all right. See you guys next week. <laughs>